I think we really got something here. It's like, no, that's not a thing. You gotta tell them that you ate your ex. We are some creative guys. Are we about to kiss? No. Hello and welcome back to the Everything Must Go podcast. I am Steven and with me is Brandon bringing you part two of our social media themed episode. Um, I figured in this one we'll actually start off with that question because I kind of feel like it's sort of relevant to what we talked about because we kind of hinted at it a little bit earlier when we talked about my uh, YouTube banner, uh, which is basically what do we think about this concept of fake it until you make it? And uh I guess I'll I'll start on this a little bit because, as I hinted at, I do have uh, on my YouTube channel, if you go to it, at least at the time of the recording, it says, like, Chicago's number one YouTuber. And um, it's interesting because, as I said earlier um, in the first part of this episode was um, – or in the first part of this, ser- well, I guess, two-part episode um, is when I first put on my Instagram that I was a Chicago YouTuber – that felt fake to me because I just felt like I didn't have enough uh, clout or enough going on on YouTube to even consider myself a YouTuber at all, more like a uh, aspiring YouTuber. And I think that like, I think it's funny now that that was actually like an issue that I had. But when I think about it, like it, it was sort of a, the day that I, I changed my Instagram and I put that new photo on there and I put that, that bio in there, I sort of had bought into the idea that I needed to change my perspective on this and I needed to become the person that I wanted to be. So I kind of felt like to do that, I wanted my Instagram to look like I was already, like I had already made it. So I got, like, I got a professional photo. I'm saying I'm a Chicago YouTuber. In a way, it was sort of like that initial step to that visualization on where I wanted things to go. And I felt like at least if I could get there aesthetically in the beginning, that eventually the rest of the numbers would kind of uh, come and follow behind. So I do think from just the the standpoint of if there is value in faking it until you make it, I feel like if you can't get into that mindset that uh, it almost feels like you are for sure going to make it or that you already have made it. If you can't get into that mindset, like it's going to be a, a struggle. It's going to like, it's going to be very, uh, you're going to feel very negative about things. So I do feel like it is important to, to kind of come across like, yeah, you're, you're Like you are someone like you're, you're going to make it like you maybe, maybe you're not there yet, but like I, I, I liked the idea of um, my dad made a, made a, a point to me one time where when I first got the job, um, being uh, on on air um, in West Virginia, like uh, being a news reporter, he had uh, brought up the idea of like, you know, you should kind of compose yourself. Like this is just like one step uh, along the way that like you're not you, you don't plan to just be like a, a small TV station news person. Like you want to be like the top dog. Like you should you should kind of come across like like clearly that's what your end goal is. And I think I, I have always kind of believed in that that concept a bit of faking it until you make it. Cause I mean, if you have to buy into that to a certain extent, so that's kind of always been my mentality. Uh, well, I'm curious to hear what your thoughts are on my mentality with this. So I, I, I think this is kind of a two parter. And I think that this goes to somewhat of my disdain for social media and social media presence or influencers. I think when it comes to faking it till you make it, I think it can be a good thing if you are wanting to play the game. 
like wanting to play the game. Like if you're a content creator, um, a person who is is uh, uh, trying to gain followers. Unfortunately, I feel like our society has come to this place where we really care about status so much. And so you kind of, if you don't actually have this status of like wealth or um, spiderweb, spooky spiderwebs, <laughs> this leftover from Halloween. Um, if you don't have uh, the substance behind that stuff, I think you get, you see in some people them fake, like they have a ton of money. They got sick cars and stuff. And it, it and uh, if you know them and you're like, Oh, they, <laughs> I don't know why they're acting like they have this, but for an online presence, I think sometimes it works because people think, oh my God, look at that guy or that, that girl with that crazy life. Um, th- they're insane. One of the things I absolutely hate in uh, like fitness influencers, um, especially uh, you know women, is when they like really make a point on Instagram and stuff to post like them eating a bacon cheeseburger or a full pizza or something like, Oh yeah, I'm not like other girls. I still eat pizza every day and stuff. And it's like (laughs) you, and then you look at them, they have like rock hard six pack abs and they're just ripped out of their mind. And it's like, okay, either one thing you're bragging about your incredible genetics and unbelievable metabolism, which is just like, it's not like you worked for that. You you just have that. Or number two, you're lying to everybody. You do not eat pizza every day. You do not eat bacon cheeseburgers whenever you want. <laughs> you don't look that good if you eat that way. And I know that because I eat that way. <laughs> and look at me. <laughs> so the fake it till you make it, I think, can work if you're willing to play the game. But I think it is important for you as a person to recognize that you are playing a game, that you are doing a facade, because I think you can get lost in that facade and then think it's a reality. So this is where the the, the second part of it goes. I think internally within yourself, fake it till you make it can be very damaging if you don't have those personal checks where you're like, like for instance, if you listen to part one of this uh, episode, um, I think the the idea of using social media as a tool helps me stay in check and not personalize too much stuff that happens on social media not not look at it as anything that has to do with my actual life it just lets me use this to sort of market the things that i want people to know about with my stuff um because if i was playing the game and then i was like this is all i have this is real like I'm an incredible musician with 8,000 followers on Instagram. I, I think I could get swept up in a lot of things that have to do with external validation, meaning I care a lot what my 8,000 followers think of me and how I'm presenting to them and uh, almost in, in a patronizing way. Like I, I'm uh, really catering towards an audience of people I don't even know, don't even know the real me. And I see this a lot with uh people on social media and it's really frustrating uh for instance with couples like celebrity couples and stuff um i there was this one recently who ended up uh they ended up getting divorced and i um and you talk to um well i'll I'll just say my girlfriend followed them and was like 
really invested in their relationship, which I think can be a dangerous thing in itself because you don't actually know what's going on in the relationship. Well, they got divorced. And so there was this feeling of like, they had such a perfect relationship. How did they get divorced? And it's like, that's a tricky thing with the fake it till you make it. Because now you have all these people who follow you, who think that you, who perceive your life as perfect, who perceive your life as a life that they want to aspire to, or they want to have what you have, and then you get divorced, and to them it's like, well, if that didn't work out, how am I going to ever work out with anything? Or even just like, um, I, I don't even know what's real. Like, what, what, how did this happen? They were so perfect for each other. And I think it's very damaging. So I I, I think from at, at a very specific interpersonal level, I think fake it till you make it, or wait, no, I think it's intra. Is it intrapersonal level is between yourself? I think intrapersonal is, is individual. So at an intrapersonal level, I think um, faking it till you make it can be damaging if you don't have things to kind of check you at, at the door. And I, I, I wanted to get what your, I know I, I was really long winded, but what are your thoughts on no, that? No, great point because I feel like I didn't maybe specify all that. Like I, I didn't go into quite the detail, but I think that that's a really good point because I, to be honest, like I hate how people use social media. If I were to just give my, my take on part of the reason why I just don't like social media, like I love what it can do. But I think the vast majority of people use it in a manner in which I personally do not like. And a large part of it is because people only show the parts of themselves that they want everyone to see. And most of the time, it's going to be things that are, uh, I mean, they're, I, they're real in a sense, but they're a lot of times overcompensating for something. Like, I, I cannot stand people who I just know, like, like, there's people out there who, like, rent nice cars and post it, like, act like it's their car, rent, like, a nice house and stuff like that. Like, everybody seems to want, on social media, seems to want other people to think that they're cool. <laughs> like, that seems to be, like, a huge motive behind social media. And I do feel like you definitely have to keep yourself in check. Like, I, I, I'm constantly keeping myself in check on the things that I do because... Uh, I like, for example, I don't like, <laughs> this is just like a random little small criticism, but I get kind of annoyed by like the most basic person who's out there posting these like really deep quotes with a picture of them, like opening up their refrigerator, like lifestyle begins with something or other. And it's just like them opening up their fridge. And I'm just like, I hate it. Like, it's so tacky to me. I think it's super phony. I, I cannot stand, as you said, like these influencers who are eating pizza with their like just ripped six pack in amazing shape, living in some great place in California. It drives me crazy because it is just it's so fake. It's so phony. And that that has been a, a huge struggle on social media for me is to like come to grips with like, what do I actually want people to see? So I, I've I have approached this fake it till you make it strategy with like. I want to come across as confident, but confident to be myself. I feel like we that's what we don't have enough on. Like, I want to post, like, maybe, like, I have just, like, some Instagram TV posts. It's just, like, me sitting on the couch. It's not, like, the best angle. It's not, like, I'm wearing, like, the coolest thing. I'm just kind of, like, hanging out at home. But you can see cleavage in those. But, yeah, you can. <laughs> a couple of them, maybe. <laughs> so, I would definitely check it out at Stephen Russell B. Stephen with a V uh, on Instagram. Um, But, yeah, like, I, I've tried to approach... All of the content, and and this is um, 
there's my general belief is like I would like to be on uh, with my content sort of the the type of content that I wished I saw more of like that because I feel like I want to like fill in the gaps where I would like to see um, so if I make an Instagram post that I feel like isn't me it bothers me so I, I just I try not to and, and in in a lot of ways and I don't know if you feel this way but I I kind of feel like it hurts me in some ways like it, like it like it makes me less successful sometimes uh, in terms of like my post likes and things like that like I know that I could just post something that's more gimmicky and get more likes because more people will be able to easily connect with it and I've definitely had that battle in my head on like should I just like you know, meet halfway, like maybe not do exactly what I want and kind of give a little cater a little bit more towards what I think will get the likes. And, uh, I mean, that brings up just like a whole, uh, like a floodgate of other topics on just like when it comes to this stuff, how much do you stick to your, like what you want and how much do you like give a little bit towards what you think other people want of you? So I'm curious to get your perspective on that. Yeah. I, I, I think I think there are, there's probably somewhat of a balance. Like for instance, I do covers not necessarily because I love to do covers, but because I know that if I do covers of songs that people already know and are popular, that gives me a better chance of getting people's eyes on my music. And ultimately that's the goal. I want people to find my music. So there in that aspect there is a fake it till you make it. I'm I'm doing these things that are not as much for me give a little for the audience and get a little for me i think if you can strike that balance um you know i i I think you you can somewhat um sustain a, a a sort of healthy online persona or or online lifestyle but then again there are also times like i haven't posted a cover in a month and part of that is because i'm just like I was kind of burnt out with doing these songs that I didn't care about. Um, and I, I just needed to kind of step away from it. So I created a gaming channel and I was like, I'm just gonna start posting gaming vids. And, and, and so I, you know, I'm going to get back on, on the grind of the covers and stuff. But I think that, uh, having that self-awareness I think is important because, but it's tough too, because, because like, for instance, with YouTube consistency is key. I think, I think, a lot of times consistency can be even more important than the quality of the content. Um, I, I don't know if that's necessarily true. I, I, I think you still need to have good quality content, but it's just like consistently posting quality content is super, super important. And so um, if I feel like my heart's not in it, if I'm, if I get to a place where I'm only doing it for my audience or I'm only doing it for other people, it's, I have a really hard time being motivated to, to keep doing that. And so I need to like take a step back and recharge my batteries a little bit. Um, but one thing I wanted to, this is kind of, I don't know if you wanted to say anything about this book cause I was going to kind of break it off into another, you can break it off. Okay. That's fine. I think one thing that social media has done is, or two things really. Um, first I think, that it has changed the definition of celebrity. I think that social media put the microscope on each of our lives individually, and now you have people who have tens of thousands, hundreds of thousands of followers online 
um, who you never see on TV, you never see in shows, you never see in movies, you never, they don't have a band. It's just like they post cooking vids on YouTube or, or they uh, are a mom and they, they post videos for other moms to watch or they're a DIY person or they're a person that lives out in the wilderness and, 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 uh, takes really aesthetic photo. Like, so it's changed the definition of celebrity, which I think leads to the second thing is now I think people specifically just want to be famous. I, I can't specifically say that that wasn't a thing before, but I think probably before social media, you had more artists out there who, did something that they love to do, like for instance, where they were a musician, and then a um, consequence of them being a good musician was they became famous for their music. Now you have specific people who look at social media influencers and they're like, oh, I want to be a YouTuber because I want to be famous. Oh, I want to be an Instagram model because whatever. And then people have successful lives not really even because of something specific. They're just, they're this way because they're famous. You know, I think you saw that a little bit with like Paris Hilton and then Kim Kardashian. Like, I mean, I think those people got famous because they were hot, but it also was like, so what do they do? Oh, they're just famous. Like, that's what they do. And I think that that's a, that's an interesting phenomenon in itself because it's just, I think again, within what we value as people, I think it's, it uh, kind of, turns the the substance filled stuff on its head and not to sound pretentious but i think that's a big reason why steven and i want to do this stuff in itself not just because we we love doing what we want to do and we want to share that but i also think that we feel somewhat of a responsibility to be like we we believe that we have some in-depth thoughts on on life and on uh uh, just different aspects of things, which is why the podcast has so many, we talk about so many different things, but we also feel like those topics or those things that we're willing to talk about have substance to it. And there's so much that is publicized and is big in the world that doesn't have substance. That's just like a trend or it's just status or what is value. Like I want to, change the narrative to a certain extent i i want us to become famous uh because of our art but also when we get famous i think that there's a responsibility in us to change what it means to be famous and like what we could do with that based on the art that we create and again that's like a very um i guess vulnerable take on what really could be considered pretentious, but I think that it's part of, um, what I, when I think about my legacy and our legacy, I want that to be part of what we do. Yeah. I mean, how many times have we brought up like just off, off air, uh, the idea of us being pretentious for having any, any kind of thought. And I feel like, I, I do feel like there has to be a level of, if you want to call it pretentiousness, but just like actually feeling like you've got something to offer. Like if you, it, it is really difficult to, to get into social media and to do these types of things. If your, your pride is easily hurt because it's difficult to uh, build a, a YouTube channel. I mean, at the time of uh, recording this, we have 119 YouTube 
subscribers on the Everything Must Go YouTube channel, which isn't really like, I mean, it's, it actually, it's not terrible considering like, it's, it's like really difficult to get subscribers on YouTube. I mean, I, I, I think uh, most people would agree who have ever started a YouTube channel, it's not easy to get subscribers. I mean, you could, you could fall into them every once in a while, but it can be a, it can be a tough order, but like, you have to feel like it, you've got something that is worth listening to or, or worth watching. And I do feel like I a hundred percent agree that, that this is a, a different thing. Um, during our time where people, they, it's like, it's in some ways it's easier to be famous than ever because all you need is like one viral video idea that you do out of your home and like you could be famous overnight technically. And I do feel like people are like addicted to this idea of, of achieving fame. And I mean, I, I've, I've come to the, um, to terms with this idea that we've talked about that. Like, I, I do think part of part of me like I like the idea of being famous but it's not because I want like all this glitz and the glamour of being famous I just like the idea of like if you're creating something and you feel like it fills a gap in a market that you uh that you that there isn't enough of right now like yeah I, that's good that what I get to fill more of a gap in the market because more people get exposure to it kind of tying it back again to that tool thing which is what I said to you of like Social media is a tool to allow more people to hear what you want to say. It's because those people, like, people are going to find content of some kind. Um, and what? They're going to either choose that content or your content. And I think most of the time, if you care about this kind of stuff, you're going to want them to choose you. And that's why I, I do think, like, there there is an aspect of this where I've just always wanted to to get big through these platforms and, and to allow more people to, I like, I, like, there's something about it that sits better with me listening or that sits better for people to listen to things that I or Brandon have done than like people I don't respect. Like there's plenty of people I respect a lot and I'm like, yeah, go listen to them. Like don't, don't even listen to me. Like they got good stuff to say. That's fine. But there's a lot of people who I don't respect their opinions at all who have gotten really big for doing really dumb things. And I'm just like, why do they get to enjoy this awesome life um, when I don't even respect what they're doing? And that's a, that's like there is a competitive aspect of doing social media. Like as much as you um, – and, and this, is, this is actually a difference between Brandon and I that I think we've, we've sort of found a way to have it be a good balance – which is like I'm very numbers oriented because I'm so competitive that I'm always just looking around like, all right, what people do I have more subscribers than? What how how are my uh, how are my views stacking up? How is the podcast stacking up? Like, I'm always thinking about this stuff because there just is a just a really big competitive nature to me from a numbers standpoint. And Brandon's a little bit more like laid back on that stuff. He's always just like, hey, the numbers are gonna come. Like, don't don't worry so much about the numbers. The numbers come when. You know, if you keep doing like the right things, they're going to come. And I do feel like sort of like the merge of those two philosophies is like the perfect sweet spot. Because I do think that the, the good part about the numbers, in my opinion, is it does press urgency. Because I do feel like, as you've talked about before, like when you're when you are creating content, you are putting yourself out there. Like if you do it in a manner that's not um, like if you're not consistently doing it, like that can be. That, that can't impact your numbers. So like one thing that, that has been very true of me all along is like, ever since I started posting, I'm like, 
always making sure that I get something out there because like I hate watching my any of my numbers dip at all. Like it pains me. And like sometimes Brandon will hear me complain like man I'm having a bad day. Look at my like I'm down like 200 views on this day from where I would normally be and like I I will say that I ride the roller coaster too much sometimes where I, I it, like it it impacts my mood like one day of a bad view total, but when I see that I'm like all right I'm not sleeping tonight, I guess. I'm gonna get this I'm getting this video out. So there I don't know how much we've talked about this, but I guess I'd like to get a little bit of your take on now that you've had some more time at this, what do you think about both philosophies? Well, he, here's the deal is if you if you tuned into the first part of this topic, I when I talked about like I I don't really struggle from the FOMO. I think part of that came from I don't really compare myself to this stuff, I, to the external stuff, including I don't look at the numbers and get too upset about that. Now, that can be a good thing because I'm just going to do what I want to do. But you're right. Having that stuff um, does create somewhat of a sense of urgency and, and a sense and, and part of the reason why I think you are more of a consistent person than me. Like when I don't want to do something, it's very hard for me to just whip something out and do it. Like for instance, working out when I'm tired of working out, I don't want to do it. It's so hard for me to just be like, I have to do this. Just do it. You have talked about how there are some times when you have gone to the gym where you're like, I'm probably going to have a sh the shittiest workout I've ever had. I just got to go. I just got to go to the gym. I just got to do it. I will not do that. I can't get myself to do it. And I, I think it's it's a really good partnership in the sense that like I can talk you off of a ledge somewhat because I don't get to that that really stress space. Um but also you can get me here every week to do the podcast. So like the most consistent thing I've ever done in my life is this podcast. <laughs> yeah. And that's not because of me. That's because of you and our partnership. I don't want to let you down but also like you are good at that aspect. But if you look at our separate individual things, it's hard for me to just post something to post something on YouTube. And part of me is like, I should be consistent with it, but it also is like, but I want to do what I want to do. So like, I, I kind of go back and forth on that mentality. And it's like, I'm very hot and cold in the sense that when I'm ready to do it, when I want to do it, I'll work my ass off. I, I'll post like three videos in one week and then like, uh, cause I, I took that one month off, um, right after I went to those protests and I was kind of, I was feeling really depressed and stuff. I went to a couple of protests and it was like really hard for me cause I had to then, um, social distance from everybody. So even though things were starting to open up, I was still stuck in my house because I had gone to a couple of protests and I got really depressed and I was not taking care of myself at all. And I had taken some time off from posting on YouTube, but then I came back the next month and I think every week I posted at least two videos. So it was just like, <laughs> is he going to post a lot or is he not going to post a lot? That That's the thing that I struggle with. And it's good because I don't have things like FOMO. And when I really want to do what I want to do, you're not going to stop me from doing what I want to do. But when I want, when I don't want to do something, it's really hard to get me to do it. So I think that that's a good thing why we're balanced, but also um, there's pros and cons to both, to both sides of it. Like it can give you that sense of urgency. 
I can get lazy with it because I'm like, it, this stuff doesn't matter. What matters is doing what I want to do. And it's, and it's not like you're not doing what you want to do, but there are times you don't want to do it, but you're just like, but because ultimately I do want the all encompassing aspect of this. I have to just do this thing. Even if it's shitty, I have to post a video. Mm -hmm. Even if it's, uh, I am feeling really tired and just like burnt out. I have to get to the gym to work out. That's the thing that I don't have. And you know, when I watched the Michael Jordan documentary, um, the last dance, part of me was like, well, Michael Jordan got people to do it to like, just, if you wanted to be a champion, show up and work hard, do this stuff. And I was like, maybe I just need to force myself to do that. But I just don't think that my personality type is one where I specifically can force myself to do that. I think in certain aspects, I need a person like you. Like that's why this project, this everything must go podcast and the, the social media stuff surrounding it. It's why I've been able to do that. And even with my YouTube, even though I haven't been as consistent as you, I've been more consistent this year than I've ever been in my life with it. So it's like you have brought that part out of me. And I, I don't know if you would agree, but I would, I would think that I've brought a part out of you. That's like, I don't need to stress about these things that I can't control as much as I do. Like we'll have a phone conversation and I feel like sometimes us having that conversation will take the pressure off of you. I, you can correct me if I'm wrong. Yeah. One of the things I really appreciate about you is like you, you, you have an interesting balance where you are like, you're, you're definitely a very emotional person. And like, you, you also really care about things, which I feel like I, like I, I have a really tough time being friends with anyone who just is like so chill. They care about nothing. So like, you're definitely not like that, but you have this, this very interesting aspect where like, you don't care about FOMO. Like, you like sometimes you you don't care about things that I'll stress so much about. Mm -hmm. Like I I I'm like the opposite of a procrastinator. Like I will get way ahead of something if I can. Like if I know I got to do something by a certain time, if I can do it like the next day that I hear about it, I'm going to I'm going to hop right on it. I'm going to get ahead of it. Like um whenever I have a busy work week, if I know I've got something coming up, I'm always like, "All right, I'd rather just stay up late early on and get this stuff done now so I don't have to stress about it like at the last minute." So that, that's kind of how I am. And I think that, like, it is really nice sometimes when I'm, like, very overwhelmed with, like, all these these thoughts and emotions and, like, stressing about things. And you're just, like, I feel like it, it's it's interesting. Like, there's sometimes where I feel like you almost, like, like I, I think you can empathize with me. But, like, you almost are just, like, I don't even know why does he even care about this. Like, I think that there's there's an aspect where there's certain things that I care so much about. And you're just, like... Like, I think even though you'll empathize with it, you don't understand why I care so much about that thing. So you're just like, I mean, like, I'll, I'll, I'm there for you, like, so you can vent about this or something. But, like, it's really not a big deal. Like, why, why do you even care? Do you care about this person? Like, does this person impact your life? And it's like, no, they really don't. You're like, well, then why, why are you letting them impact your life? Then, like, it, there's no reason for that to happen. And I think that's especially important when you're doing stuff like content creation or you are you're active on social media because it's really easy to get in your head um especially when you're a competitive person and like unfortunately like yes i've been very consistent um and and i i i know that like i work hard and i, I put myself out there but like there no matter how consistent and how well you do things like you're gonna have 
Like not everything is going to be a hit. Like not every not everything you do is going to go the way that you plan. Like there's been times where I like I worked really hard on something and like I didn't get many views. There's been times where I just threw something together and got a lot more views. There's been times where like I like go weeks with like very little creativity. Then there's times where I'm like completely just firing on all cylinders creatively. Like the whole thing is just like a very chaotic mess to try to figure some things out. So riding um riding this like roller coaster as you uh work through the process it's nice to have other people who kind of know what that's like because i i really didn't have um until like brandon i really didn't have like a creative like group of friends i guess you could say like i kind of um like i had like a group of friends and like i've always had a, like a lot of friends i guess but not really in types of like scenes like this so i i do i do wonder like I, I don't think i would be able to do what i've done up to this point even if i didn't have you as another person who i could like connect to about these types of things mm-hmm. that's been very very helpful not even just the balance like also just having someone who understands yeah well and i think that in different ways that's the same thing for both of us like i said i don't think i've ever been as consistent as I've been this year with my creative stuff and I that a huge part of that is because of you because you're my partner in this stuff and uh, you help motivate me uh, to, to get at this stuff and I think like when you talk about how you're a person that you're not a procrastinator in the sense that if like you have something you're worried about you'll get so far ahead of it that you don't have to worry about it I'm the exact opposite if I don't want to do something I will wait to the absolute (laughs) last minute to do that thing because then me waiting to the last minute will be like, well, I'm out of options. I can't wait any longer. (laughs) Now let's buckle down and let's get it done. You can, that's part of the reason why I am where I am physically is because I would treat my body that same way. And I would like be like, I don't want to work out. I don't want to eat healthy. I'll start tomorrow. And then I would get to a point where it was like, oh, I'm so far gone. I need to buckle down. And I would do insanity. And then I would get into really good shape in two months. And then the same cycle would happen again. Well, then when I took that same routine and mixed it with like depression and anxiety and binge eating disorder, things got real bad because I could never get out of that phase of, oh, I'll start tomorrow. The procrastinating became my routine and so i think i think again in different ways you and i have uh impacted each other where you know these things that you care so much about it's not even that like from my perspective it's not even that i i don't think that you should care about them i think a lot of times we don't really control what we care about per se i think like our feelings we just feel this certain way about things and and that's just how it is but i think putting energy into those things and and letting those things impact us is where I've tried to like, be like, why are you, why are you letting this dictate your actions? Because this actually, sure, maybe even be upset about it. uh, Even that I don't necessarily agree with, but you can't control your feelings. But like, this doesn't actually have anything to do with what you're trying to accomplish. So, let's think about the things that you can control. Let's think about the things that you want to do and, and focus on that. And I think in that way, that's helped you 
maybe not get so stressed with some of the stuff. I mean, you still get stressed with this stuff regardless, oh, but yeah. <laughs> at least like maybe I can take a little bit of the pre- heat off of you in a moment and just help relieve you. And in, in, on the other end, like I've needed you to be like, sometimes you just have to do things. You, you can't wait for perfection. You can't always just like sit back and, and wait for this, this or that. Just sometimes you just, that's a big difference in us. When Dude. we talked about, it, you're more the perfectionist, and I am. I am so far from a perfectionist. Um, it's interesting, like because I, I do think that that is a huge thing on social media. Is like I think a lot of people who don't post things on social media, it, are, they're like they're more the perfectionist, or like they're so afraid of the reaction that they're gonna get. This is where I, I have mentioned this before, but this is definitely where my late bloomer and kind of feeling like I wasn't good at anything really has benefited me a lot now is because I was always used to failing. Like nothing ever went, I felt like my entire childhood, like nothing ever exactly went the way that I wanted to. Like, uh, there's just a lot along the way of like, Oh, I didn't, I didn't get drafted very high and like pick up basketball or like any, <laughs> any number of things. Like, uh, got a bad score on this test and, that that allowed me to just be like, okay, a failure. Okay, I'm I'm used to failing. So like, the, if the worst case is just doing what I've all always done, that sounds so bad. Like I've gotten used to that, and I think that that is something that has benefited me specifically a lot when it comes to YouTube and Instagram and stuff like that. Because I'm just like, the the floor doesn't scare me. <laughs> like the floor is someone says this is the worst video I've ever seen. Delete all of your social media platforms. And I'm just like, okay, that's that's the worst. All right, that's like that that would suck. But like, I also don't really care about people's. Uh, like, I I care about their opinions in the sense of like, it might bother me a little bit if I personalize it. But like over time, I just I don't even personalize this stuff much. So I'm just like, that's one possible outcome. But if I put in the effort and I think it's good, and I think I've got a pretty good understanding of what, like I, I'm I'm hard on myself. Like I've always been hard on myself. So like. I very rarely put something out there where I can't already anticipate the reaction. Like I'm very rarely ever surprised except for the, uh, hastily made Cleveland tourism reaction video. (laughs) I am surprised in that one, but I'm very rarely ever surprised at like the reactions I get from videos because normally when people point something out, I'm like, yeah, I I already like, I kind of saw that coming. And I feel like that's a good combination that I have going for me is to be like aware and hard on myself but then also just like not afraid of failing. Like that's something that helps a lot. Cause I know for a fact that like this was something that you have uh, struggled with in the past. And it's something that I think that you continue to struggle with to a certain extent is just like wanting things to go in a very perfect way. But like you kind of can't do that if you're going to be consistent with content, especially if you're not doing it full time. Well, uh, a, an expanded thought on, on this specific thing. It's not even just that, like posting things, it needs to be perfect for me to post it. I think sometimes my motivation to even start doing things is impacted by the fact that I know that I'm going to need to get it absolutely right. So like there have been times that you've talked to me about stuff and and it's taken a long time for you to do. And you're like, this isn't sustainable. I'm going to have to find a better way to do this. Mm -hmm. For me, sometimes like like if I'm going to do a cover for, let's say, or or an original song, whatever. Sometimes what's challenging for me is I know that if I sit down to start that cover or if I sit down and 
am like working on that original song, I'm going to like sit up for hours and hours and hours and hours working on the thing, maybe days, maybe a week, maybe a month to get it exactly the way that I want it. And so part of me is afraid to even start it because of how much of a commitment it's going to be until I know that it's at the place that I want it to be. And there's part of me that's like, is it going to be worth it? with this big of a commitment to this one this one aspect. It's an interesting thing that I've figured out because I've like, like with covers, for let's say, like if you go look at some of my covers earlier this year, like my paparazzi one, uh, Middle uh, by mm-hmm. uh, Bipolar Sunshine, DJ Snake, like those were, I took a very original take on them. Those took a long time to do. And I was like, if I'm going to be posting covers every week, I'm afraid of that kind of a commitment because that drains me because it takes so long for me to make those as perfect as I want them. Um, and I don't know if I can do that every single week with a full-time job, with a podcast, like with a desire to have a social life, with a dog, like all these other responsibilities that I have. And the fact that I haven't been very good at taking care of myself, like my own health. So that needs to be a priority as well. So like thinking of that, so like I, I turned to like doing just piano covers. And then it was like, I'm not as I'm not as happy with piano covers. So I want to switch back to doing this more intense stuff. So it's just like, I feel like I, I, I work my... That's where that's where I think too much. I think about um, what to post and what to actually sit down and work with because even the idea of uh, of committing to um, a creative endeavor, if I can't put into it what I think it deserves, I have a really hard time with just posting it. In the same way that. If I know I'm not in the mood to work out, I know my workout is going to be shitty. I have a really hard time still just working out. I eating even if I, if I know that I don't want to eat healthy that day. If I have one bad meal, a lot of times my mentality is, well, I had that one bad meal. I guess the rest of this day is shit, and I have to start eating healthy tomorrow. And then tomorrow I better eat healthy all day, no mess ups at all. Otherwise, I'm going to eat bad again tomorrow. That's like. Yeah, this is like just such a big difference between the, like how we do things because I I'm and this is this is something that I I definitely do and I feel like at some point I should make a video talking a little bit like I, like doing like a day in my life kind of just I feel like that would be kind of a fun video to make but I'm a because I'm such a uh, anxious person a lot of times I always try to anticipate things so like I literally I'm the kind of person. Where if I'm in like a new situation, I like am immediately assessing all things. I'm like, all right, so if a robber comes in right now, I'm gonna go down these stairs. Like, I, I I'm thinking about just like any and all possible outcomes. I'm always trying to like think ahead on things. And even when we had uh, talked about doing the podcast, I remember uh, when I'm like, okay, what well, doing the podcast once a week? I think we can do this. That seems reasonable. When it comes to YouTube. I had made enough videos on YouTube before I tried making consistent videos that I knew it takes a long time to edit a YouTube video. And it usually takes longer than you think it's going to take. And there's always like a bunch of unanticipated things and you're still almost never going to be satisfied with the videos. And I had remembered that an issue I had before was like, it just took too long to edit these videos because there's too many moving parts. I I never liked, I, I, I always had some issue with my videos. So like, I decided if I was going to make a weekly video, 
I had to control all the variables as much as I possibly could and keep it as simple as I could and focus on just the things I thought I, I did well. So I, initially, my videos were literally just me at a mic, well lit, because I was like, if it, that, that's not another thing I can control and just keep it very simple every time. Like just, I, I, I tried to make the videos as simple as possible, just cut every time I said like, um, or uh, and didn't, I didn't really add any other things to it. I'm like, I think I can maintain this as a weekly content. And over time, I like have gradually ramped up as I've gotten more efficient with how I'm doing things. I moved to two videos a week. I learned that vlogging is actually relatively easy for me to edit. Um, so I could do those a little bit quicker sometimes. And I just like, I, I learned more of how to do things. So that that's like, cause I, I totally get like, when, when we did that hotel video, we stayed at a haunted hotel. I remember I was a bit anxious, uh, knowing that that was gonna be a bigger like project to do. That's why I wanted more time. That's why I was like, we're going this weekend to do this. Cause I want more time to get this video done because I anticipated approximately like how long I thought it might take to edit it. So I kind of was like, I know we talked about doing it the next weekend, but I want to do it this weekend so that I have like an extra week, uh, to get it out earlier. And that's always like kind of how my mind is like, I'm always trying to like anticipate. Cause as I said, I hate procrastinating. I I'm such a control freak of things that I want to feel like I have control of the situation, not the situation has control over me. So when you say like you wait to the last possible minute on something, the amount of stress that that would cause me is absurd. Like I, in college, I, I think I only pulled like two or three all nighters ever. I hated them. They're horrible. Not to mention like the anxiety level of not sleeping for a night and then going to new test. Terrible. Like I always felt like I couldn't focus on the test at all. I never did well. I remember distinctly I got an F on a, a final in college. I pulled an all nighter and then I got an F on the final and I was just like, why did I just do that? It's like I literally didn't sleep. I was miserably tired and I just failed the test. So I'm like, yeah, that was a lot of fun. But yeah, for me, and this is, this is what I talk about with, like how you said, even on a, a, a bad day for me, I'm like, I, all I got to do today is get to the gym and do something when I get there. And then I'm getting out of there because it keeps me in that routine because I beat myself up so much if I don't go that like there have been times where I've literally gone to the gym, did like, like 25 pushups and 25 sit-ups pretty much and stretched. And maybe I like jogged to the gym on the way and I just left. And, Cause I was like, I just, I, I really don't want to do this workout today. Or like I, I come up with creative ways to get the workout done where I like, I'll call someone and talk on the phone while I'm doing my workout. If I can't, if music's not getting me hyped up, I, I, I just think that that's like, and, and that's, that's the thing when it comes to how you handle social media. Like I do think that there is like, there's an amount of awareness and you, you do trial and error it over time. Like I tried to do an Instagram post every single day. And like, that was really hard for me to maintain because I just like, I would struggle to come up with like, what am I going to post? Like, I don't, I don't know what I'm going to post today. And like, that would stress me out trying to come up with what that post was. So then I was like, well, I think I can do YouTube, uh, more consistently. So I put more focus into that. I used to do Instagram live like four days a week at one point. And that was like kind of cool, but like my, I, I never got like that, that many people to join the live streams and like eventually I just like moved over to YouTube. So I think that there's, there's also a part like you just have to kind of do what you enjoy doing, but know yourself 
Like that's that's such an important part of social media is like recognizing what it's going to take for you to excel. Because I think a lot of people run into what you run into, which is they start a YouTube channel and they're like, they're like really gung ho. Like I see it all the time. People who, who start a YouTube channel, they put a bunch of like edits and effort into their videos and like they do pretty well early on. And I'm like, it's, they're, they're going to fall off. Like I can, I can, I can pretty much see it before it even happens. Cause I'm just like you, there's no way they're going to be able to maintain doing that pace. Like they're just, you can't like, if you're not a full-time YouTuber, you cannot like maintain a pace where you're spending like tens of hours on every single video that you drop. Well, I mean, it's a, it really depends on what you want your schedule to be in terms of when you release videos. Cause like I dubs, when he was doing the content cop stuff, he would only release a video like once every couple months mm -hmm. because he was like, there's no way I'm going to be able to consistently post this because it takes so much effort. So that the self, that's where the self-awareness thing is so huge. Like if you know that that's the effort that you need to put into stuff, which I should probably take my own advice here. <laughs> if you know that that's the effort that you like to put into stuff or that's the commitment that you're going to make, then you can't, um, you can't have uh, content that you, you release every week. If you're going to be a person that just knocks things out, you're really task oriented. Like you get these things out of the way, you do them, you knock them out. Then you can be more of a consistent YouTuber in the sense that you're posting these short, maybe shorter videos, not necessarily short, short, but just like, like a 10 minute video as opposed to like a 30 minute video or something, um, you know, weekly and stuff. So I think that's the thing with me is like, if you think about a song, like doing a cover, for instance, oh, it's a three minute cover, so it shouldn't take that much time. But if I'm like actually working on the production aspect of it, doing it what I actually want to do, sometimes sometimes I'll spend two hours finding the right kind of instrument, like right synth that I want for a certain sound. Like sometimes I'll spend another two hours like coming up with a different harmony to a certain, at, you know, a certain thing. If you watch one of my... Um, I have these coronavirus videos posted on my um, my YouTube channel from when the quarantine first happened, and there's a I'm working on a cover for that that middle song by Bipolar Sunshine and DJ Snake, and you can see me I was working on this cover for hours and hours, and then like three hours into working on it, my brain for whatever reason came up with a harmony to the chorus melody, and uh, like. It takes time for me to develop that stuff. So, like, for me, I don't know. Maybe it's just if I'm going to be that much of a perfectionist, then I have to – my my consistency has to be different. But if I'm going to say I want to consistently post, I have to be better at just not being a perfectionist on things. And I also don't like using the perfectionist excuse because I think it is an excuse. It's like, like for instance, uh, on a – not a social media aspect, but an example is like doing the dishes. I hate doing the dishes. It's, it's such a practical thing that you just have to do. I absolutely hate doing it. I'm so stubborn about it. I do not like touching them. And so they'll stack up, stack up. And I, I just need to get to a point where I'm just like, there's no, there's never going to be a time I'm going to want to do it. There's never going to be a perfect time to do it. There's never going to be a way that I'm going to accomplish this exactly the way that I want it. So just fucking do it. You know what I mean? I, I got to figure out how to do that with myself. And then, 
you know, with uh, with social media stuff, I think it's tough for me now because um, not that I'm I really have an audience to manage per se, but I do think that it's not just me that I let down if I'm not posting. You know, it's people that enjoy my art that like want to see what else I have to create and what else I have to do. So like not only for myself would I like to be better at this, but I also have this like uh, built in, I don't know if pressure is the right word, but a desire to at least uh, meet some standards uh, of, of quantity or urgency so that the people that follow me that, that enjoy what I do um, get more or enough of what they want out of, out of me and what I'm able to do. Cause, cause here's the other thing too, is like in those moments where I just suck it up and I do it, I'm typically able to pull something out of my ass that I'm proud of. And I know that, like, I remember, I remember post, I, uh, I was sitting around one day and, um, I was trying to, uh, impress this girl and I was like, what, what should I do? Uh, I, I'm bored. I don't have anything to do. And she was like, make a movie. And that was when I made the <laughs> the forbidden yeah, love. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so I made this movie where I had a secret relationship with my dog or something like that. And um, <laughs> like I just whipped that out of my ass. Not like it was this incredible thing. But at the same time, it was something that made me laugh and I was proud of. And I just w- whipped it out in one night. So I know that I'm creative enough that if I just sit down with something, I will get something done that I'm at least half proud of. But sometimes the hardest part is just getting me to sit down to commit to doing that thing in the moment. So I don't know. Yeah. I, uh, I, I, I definitely like, like hearing how your thoughts are on like, I I guess I want to, I want to dive into this a little bit more. Your thoughts on, the the expectation side of like once you start having this is something that like once you start putting yourself out there and people start paying attention to you you actually start feeling a a sense of like guilt if an episode doesn't come out or if you don't release a video like this is something i mean we've been pretty consistent on this podcast releasing a video every week we've probably only missed like in the whole time in two and a half years like under five times probably where we skipped or about five times if you don't count that first like three episode um yeah when we actually started to commit to yeah the yeah. weekly which as soon as we committed to like the weekly idea which is like around episode five somewhere in that general range we've been pretty good about getting uh episodes out and there is like a certain point where you start feeling like you're letting people down when you're doing content and like i know a big thing that I had to struggle with was, first off, I always feel like if I don't put out a video, someone else is going to put out a video. This is just like my personality type is I always feel like someone's getting ahead of me. Like I'll lay in bed at night and I'll think like, man, there's someone right now who's staying up late making a video while I'm just laying here sleeping, thinking about how they're making a video that I'm not making right now. You know what's funny about this? <laughs> I feel like I have PTSD with this mentality because when I was a kid – I really wanted to play baseball like at a high level. <laughs> yeah. And so my dad would train me and it and I feel like it became more of his dream than it was my <laughs> dream at, at one point. And it wasn't that I didn't like baseball, but it definitely did like 
I stopped playing it because I liked it. I was now playing it <laughs> to meet a certain expectation. And I remember a saying that he would say, which was, um, your opponent got better today. What did you do? Ooh. And I'm just like, <laughs> I feel like there's a rebellious nature in me that re- remembers that. It's just like, fuck my opponent. I don't give a fuck what they did. I'm going to do whatever the fuck I want to do. If I want to get better today, I'll get better today. I don't care, give a shit what that person is doing with their life. And uh, so that's one thing that doesn't motivate me. It honestly pisses me off. It makes me want to work less because I'm like, I'm going to do it on my terms. I'm not going to do it because my opponent's doing it. He's not running my fucking life. Fuck that <laughs> opponent, motherfucker. That's, that's so fascinating because like it motivates me so much just thinking about those uh those people who are who are thinking that like because in my head i like i make up this whole story about people who probably don't know who i am probably don't care and i'm just like they don't think i i deserve to be the chicago's number one youtuber okay all right well let me show them why like i'll have these just like irrational thoughts in my head that don't make any sense but it'll be part of my motivation but like i it i i do think sometimes i'm like man i did say i was gonna do a live stream if i don't do a live stream that then I'm going against like what I just said I was gonna do. I'm letting people down. I shouldn't do that. And like I don't know how many how much people actually care, but I've convinced myself that people care, and I I and I like that idea that someone actually kind of cares if I'm there or not. And uh, it was like it, it's it's really tough. Like once you start kind of carving a niche of some kind through your content, uh, like it was a big one for me after I started making like a more of a focus on the Chicago leaning content. I uh, I was like a little nervous. I'm like, well, yeah, but I don't think I want to be like the type of Chicago YouTuber that maybe other people want exactly. So that's when I had to kind of like weigh into this thought of like, well, what if I do things a little more like that I want to do and just kind of hope that that actually works out in the long run. So there is that's kind of goes back to that 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 point before. It's like, how much do you do you give uh, what people what they want versus what you actually want to do? Like you got to be well balanced in it, but. I my personal philosophy on this stuff is I think that doing the right thing just ends up working out in the end like doing the practical thing that feels like what you want to do it's it's going to be more sustainable in the long run like I know that I could probably get subscribers a bit faster if I just intentionally pandered to specifically what everybody wanted in that exact moment and trust me I think about it cuz I want an audience um but I also like if it becomes painful to make videos like where there was a little stretch where there was a couple videos that I did. It was the only time it's ever happened where I was like, you know, this isn't really that fun. Uh, that's when like I had to start making videos again that made it fun all over again. So I do think that there's there that's it, it does get difficult to figure out where where to lean in terms of like what you want versus what they want, because if you truly want to grow as a as a creator it's impossible to not feel the uh like what people might want from you like you're gonna you do start to feel that a bit well i i think it's somewhat uh before i even get into the being a content creator and using social media in that aspect i think it's somewhat human nature for us to project um what we think other people are thinking about us like you you uh, I, I think this is a very common thing for thing for people to experience. Like the reason that we feel shame or embarrassment or like think that people are making fun of us. Like growing up in in school and stuff, you'd be like, "Oh, they all they're all bullies to me. They they think they're cooler than me." They when if you think about your head, 
you might not even be thinking about any of those people. So why are they thinking about you? But you build up in your mind that everybody's looking at you and laughing at you or thinking about you in a certain way. And you've created that all in your own head. They might not even, you might not even cross their mind at all. They might not give a fuck about you. So, um, which sounds sad, but it's also like liberating. It's like, why am I worried what other people might, what other people's expectations of me are? They haven't said their expectations of me. I'm creating what their expectations of me are. This is all in my own head. And so I think that can translate to social media where if you start posting, if you have a public life on social media, you build up this this mindset that you have to create this persona, that you have to um, commit to a facade of an incredible life, an incredible marriage or uh, relationship. And I'm on all these cool vacations and I have these cool cars and I have this luxurious lifestyle. And then if you actually get to the nitty gritty of who that person is, maybe they're miserable, but they feel like there's an expectation for them to have the perfect life. So, they're continuing to live within that facade and they there's no way that they're going to step away from that expectation. That's a scary thing because when you wake up from that, I think it's tough to figure out which part of that is expectation and which part of that is actually you and what you want to be doing. Now, when it comes to a content creator, I think that also translates where it's like, I think there it is important to have a balance of like, um, you know, your audience is partially what allows, like, I can't stand when people call bands sellouts because you can't win sometimes. Like Mumford and Sons got so much shit for, I think they released their, their album, Sigh No More, which like took the world by storm. And then their next album was Babel. And it was pretty much more of the same. It was like, same kind of music, like the same, like four on the floor stomping, whatever. And, uh, you know, you had half their audience being like, oh, they're still, they're just doing the same thing. And half their audience being like, yeah, we, this is the Mumford and Sons we like. And then they changed to a more electronic thing. And then everyone's like, oh, they're sellouts because they, they're, you know, people said this or whatever. And then half the audience is like, we miss the old Mumford and Sons. And it's just like, you can't fucking <laughs> win, man. And so I'm just like, it's a tricky thing to uh, when, when you're talking about creating content and, and releasing this stuff because you do want to release things that you create that you're proud of and that you only care about and you hope that your audience cares about it as well. But also once you start building it, building an audience, there's part of you that feels territorial over your audience or protective of them and want to please them with like as an entertainer, I think all entertainers to a certain extent are people pleasers uh, uh, unless you're just, I think, I think there are some entertainers that are like super enlightened in some way, like Daniel day Lewis or Christian Bale, where they're like, they're just going to do, they're just going to do whatever they do um, art wise. And they don't really give a shit what anybody else has to say. They're just that in to their stuff. But I don't think artists like that, uh, are as well known or become successful as often as the artists who somewhat pander to their audience at times. I just, I think there are a lot of those more pure artists go undiscovered because they're not busy trying to play the game. They're just doing their art. And if they get discovered, it's more 
because they got seen at the right time in the right place, you know, rather than whatever. And, and, and I feel like, you know, if I were to become successful, I feel like that's probably going to be the way that I would like doing something that is in the right place at the right time and of a good enough quality where it takes off. Um, because I don't think that when I think about what motivates me, I, I have a hard time getting motivated enough to meet certain expectations of an audience, you know, and that was part of the thing that I struggled with when I was pursuing music the first time around was like, Oh, I'm supposed to write a hit song. That's not what I want to do music for. Like I want to do music because I want to write something that's meaningful and possibly inspiring, but I can't control that, you know? And, and so I know I'm going on this tangent, but I do think that those expectations can weigh on you from both just a regular social media perspective, but also as a content creator trying to meet certain standards that maybe you don't even know that actually exist. But also sometimes I think you do, you are in tune with your audience and you know that they want something out of you. And just imagine how much better it feels making it by doing it the way that you want to do it instead of making it as something that you're like, oh, actually, this is not what I really wanted to make it doing. That's like one of the things that keeps me motivated is it's like, okay, make videos about things that like you know will get views and then make it there and then now have that expectation for everybody that that's the type of YouTuber that you are. And it's like, that's a scary thought for me. That was one of the reasons why I was like, okay, let's back up a little bit. I do care about like people discovering my channel and I do want to make videos that people will find me, but there's definitely, like if I'm gonna be as honest with myself as possible, there is definitely like a way in which I would like to have like, being the part of the reason why I want to be like a, a YouTuber is because I love the freedom to just create the content that I want. But if I end up getting into a situation where I set the expectation that all my videos are going to be in a specific way, or I'm not going to be able to be a YouTuber anymore because I'm going to lose all my following, that's a scary thought to me. So there, there, there does come to a point where it's like people can tell when you're stoked about what it is that you do. Like it, it. It, like I, I can actually tell since I've been uh, changing my videos a little bit more to be in exact alignment with, to what I want. I can tell that my videos have been better and have been uh, like I, my enthusiasm is higher. Like it's just it's more in alignment. And um, now, like I will admit, it was it was tough for me at first because I knew when I started making this pivot, there was a good chance that my my subscriber pace and view total would dip for a little bit, which is terrible because on YouTube, it's all about momentum. You do not want to feel like you're losing the momentum. But I was like, yeah, it might go down a little bit, but I've, I've always been playing everything for like the long haul. Like everything must go. We've talked about this before. It's not the most niche podcast. Like it's hard to, to, to categorize this show and tell you exactly what it's about. I think over time I get like a feeling of what it's about. And honestly, I kind of feel like it's about like, going after something like that's a big part of the show is like going after something and what you learn along the way. But like, I don't know that that's an, like, that's an easy thing for somebody to, to, to come across by just listening to a little bit of one episode. I don't know that. But what I do know is that like, I feel like this podcast is a very, um, like it's very much us. Like I don't, I never feel like anything we talk about or how we do the show feels like I'm compromising what we should be doing or what we enjoy doing. And that's what I like. I feel like same thing for my YouTube channel. I feel like it's me. 
I feel like at the end of the day, that's a representation of who I am. And I, I just think that like in the long run, that that is what works. And it may, it may not get you there as quick. Like this is, this is that, uh, a case of like slow and steady wins the race. I truly do believe that. I mean, there's, you can look up countless examples of people who hit fame really early on. And then they're just like, oh, wait, am I just this person? Am I just this person who wrote that hit song? Am I just this actor who was known in this one situation? Like, I just think slow and steady wins the race. Just kind of like, you know, building your way up, staying true to who you are so that if you do start to get to like these higher up checkpoints along the way, you, you know where your frame of reference is. It's what you've been doing all along. You don't have to feel like you need to make these massive changes. Well, this, this brings me back to one of the first things I said in, in part one of this like two part episode is patience is key and it's so hard it's so hard to be patient, especially with the things that you just want to happen. Um, but I think I had a simultaneous change of mindset when social media became um, existent in my life again and music and like my creative endeavors became existent in my life again. And that that like change was that I'm not trying to get to a certain destination by a certain time. I don't care how long it takes, even if it never happens, I love doing this stuff and I'm just going to always do it. Even if, you know, I have a job at Cigna right now, even if for the rest of my life I have a job at Cigna and that's my nine to five and then I post a video on YouTube once a week or sometimes more than once a week. And then maybe I take a month off, you know, whatever ends up happening. Even if I do that for my entire life, I will still have had a full life of creating things I was proud of. When you and I talked about me moving to Chicago, there was a phone conversation we had where I said, I'll do Wayne's world with you in my ba- in, <laughs> in the basement to the day I die. And we talk about like uh, that metaphor was just like Wayne's world was just a show that they created in their basement. Like that skit was a a TV show they created in their basement. That was very amateur. They just did it because they wanted to do it. It, you know, it wasn't this big high tech production or whatever. They just did it because they loved it. You know, whatever that, if you know that skit, you know what I'm talking about, but that's, that's, that's what's changed for me. So sometimes it's hard for me to force myself to do things because I'm in it for the long haul. And so when I say I'm in it for the long haul, I want to do things that I'm sustainably happy with and that I want to be doing with my life. And if I feel like taking a step away from that a little bit to get back the energy, I'm more okay with that because I'm not going to end doing this tomorrow. This isn't, I'm not doing this with the idea that if I don't make it, I'm a failure. You know, and, and when I was pursuing music the first time, that's where I went wrong. Like if I had a bad show or like a, a perceivably bad show and I'm, I'm worse critic, I was so hard on myself being like, I'm never going to make it. I'm never going to make it as a musician because of this one bad show or not that many people showed up to this or how the heck is anybody going to pay attention to that? Like I would have all these thoughts and these expectations and these standards for what meant success and and I lost sight of doing what I wanted to do. And what changed this time around was I just want to do it because I want to do it. 
if I become successful, that's just a consequence that I'm not necessarily in control of. That it, it happened because I put things out in the universe and the universe spit something positive back at me. But the the core, the foundation of that was doing what I wanted to do. And so when it comes to social media, when it comes to content, when it comes to 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 any of this stuff, that's my that's my thesis. That's that's my foundation is just like that's going to be a part of my life, a part of who I am is I am this creative. I I am this artist. I am this podcaster. I am this uh, partner. I am this friend because that's who I am. That's who I want to be. And there's no timeline for when that should arrive at a certain place. Those those checkpoints that we talk about, they're going to happen when we get there on our path. But if we just keep taking the steps that we want to take, Hopefully that direction is in one that we can look back on and say, I'm glad I followed that road, you know? Uh, yeah, uh, agreed completely. And uh, I kind of feel like, I mean, that is there anything else you wanted to talk about? Because I kind of feel like that that does kind of tie it all together. Like at, at the end of the day, to uh, if I were to tie up everything from this uh, two-part episode, is like I, I'm very happy that we both started using social media and I feel like the way that we've used it, like I, I think social media can be a great thing. It's definitely connected uh, both of us with a lot of people and uh, like other creatives. And it's just like, it, it sure. Like I, I think both of us felt a lot of the negativity from social media in the past. Like, as I said, I had a very, very bad um, relationship with social media for a long time. And it definitely, it's changed things. Um, and it, it, it truly has, changed my life for the better and it's allowed me to connect with people I never thought that I would ever connect with and I just think that like you know if you don't like social media then find but 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 you see the value of it well then find a way to use social media in a manner in which you are okay with like it, like find a way to 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 only post stuff that like you you think is okay like as I said like if you don't like people who are posting like fake stuff on there you don't have to do it you have the control. Don't feel like you have to be like everybody else on social media. Not that this is supposed to be that. This is not really like an advice podcast, but I do feel like that has been one of my main takeaways has just been like, do what you want to do with social media and, and don't post things that you don't feel good about. And at the end of the day, like if you believe that you want to be a YouTuber or a podcaster or something like that, and the thing that's holding you back is like what other people are, are going to think of you or what you're uh, going to think of yourself. Well, th thinking what you think of yourself, you can address by only posting things that you feel is in alignment to what you actually believe in. And other people don't don't care about them because at the end of the day, uh, doing the right thing and doing what you like, I, I'm telling you, people aren't going to like you regardless if you do what you like or don't like. There's still going to be people who are not going to like it. So just do what you like. And I, I believe that in the long run, you'll be happier and you'll probably have better results. And uh, I know that uh, it's worked so far. I'm not saying that we're uh, either these mega stars or even <laughs> whatever the opposite of mega stars, uh, minor stars, but uh, we're working on it. We're working on it. Mm -hmm. All right. Awesome. Anything else? 
Um, well, let's see. This episode will drop in a little while from now. So by the time that this episode drops, we're uh, a little bit deeper into November. And uh, on my channel, it's... I don't actually... To be honest, I'm going into this month. I have like a mentality that I want to... Like I'm going back. Like October, I really themed my videos around like this kind of like Halloween vibe. I'm actually feeling very refreshed to get away from that and to, to do some different things. So I don't really know exactly what's coming out this month. I said probably an apartment tour at some point, but that's about all I got other than Brandon and I have a trip planned where we're going to do some vlog footage. So there'll probably be like a, another vlog in there, but that's about all I got for this month. Dope. And uh, for me, just stay tuned. <laughs> I don't got anything specific to say, but... Stay tuned. I'm definitely going to have some videos going live in, in November on my uh, YouTube channel. So if you haven't subscribed, Brandon J. Flippin, Stephen Russell B. If you want to email any questions for the podcast, emgpod at gmail.com. If you want to call and leave us a voicemail, 513-427-EMG5. Again, that's 513-427-EMG5. If you prefer to reach out to us on social media, the podcast is at EMG pod. Don't forget to subscribe to our YouTube channel. Everything must go podcast. Make sure you hit that bell as well to get notifications when our videos go live. If you want to follow me on uh, social media, I'm at Brandon J. Flippin. He is at Stephen Russell B. Thank you so much for tuning in to this two part uh, series on social media and mental health. And we'll see you next time. Take it easy.